right, this bottle of her sucks. <laughs> All right, well. So this one is Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale, aged in bourbon barrels. Okay, I'm down. I'm down. It's good. I knew anything that said bourbon you'd be interested in. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Folks, disclaimer, Keith, Johnny, Keith and Johnny Orge both like bourbon. And yes. uh, if you want to send it to the uh, the Wheeling Podcast, we will sample it for you. Oh, yeah. Whether it is a real bourbon or it is a bourbon beer. Yes, absolutely. Sneak out. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I want to check these in later. but Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to probably leave the bottles. That's pretty good. It's 10%. Yep, 10%. Wow. Said, So, in relation to 4x4s and off-road vehicles, okay, Um, we are both drinking, what is it, what kind of beer is this right now? Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale. It's an ale. Okay. Um, So... Would you say in the 4x4 world and in the automotive world in general, well, let me back up, let me back up. In the beer world, are there strong, opinionated, divisive lines? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, my strong, opinionated, divisive line is that I think 99.9% of IPAs are crap. Okay. Uh, I There's very few IPAs that I genuinely like. Hop Slam by Bells, I think it's fantastic. All Day is phenomenal. Too Hearted is all, good. All Day, all day is pretty good. Too Hearted, eh. Um, <laughs> but very opinionated. Mm-hmm. Now, in the automotive world, do you, have you ever seen the same? Oh God, yeah! People, the the whole um, Chevy Dodge Ford argument. Even more so than that in the four by four world. I think there's some things we need to talk about today. I mean, I'm very opinionated about manual transmissions. That's one of the things. <laughs> but yes, let's talk about this and why it's like this. Okay. It's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheelin' with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. Well, you mentioned auto and manual, and I would I would guess to venture. No, I would never mention auto. I mentioned manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would guess to venture that that alone, especially in the off road world, is one of the most divisive things: auto versus manual. Hmm. I think even more so than say lockers versus no lockers. Uh, Mud terrain versus all terrain, IFS versus solid axle, manual versus automatic seems to be the line that is drawn with a lot of off roaders. Well, there's who's right and then the rest are wrong. Well, you and I are both <laughs> manual guys. Yeah. Our late great friend Bernie, if you, you know, I was listening to episode 77 um, and he, 
He was talking about all the rigs he had in the past, and pretty much everything but his YJ was manual. Mm-hmm. Um, his YJ did, I believe, have a C6 automatic, and I could be wrong on that, and I can't call him and ask him anymore, unfortunately. Great guy, lost him, but, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of guys out there to like that. You know, so Bernie was very much a manual guy and this, and the flat fender that he's got that he passed down to his son, Jack is a manual. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our buddy Lucas, who seems to think there's a value in automatics, but his yeah, main wheel and rig is still a manual. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys out there, but I don't necessarily want to get into the pros and cons of each, but I'm, I kind of want to mention some of these out there and some of the things that I've noticed lately are huge divisive points. Now, we've talked about before in the diesel world, especially the Ford diesel world, mm. 6.0 versus 7.3. Dear God. <laughs> They're, those 6.0 guys, man, they are so... Both guys, both of them are so defensive. Oh, yeah. But the 6.0 guys are like, that's the greatest engine ever made. And then... Literally everyone else is like, <laughs> that's the biggest lemon ever made. Yeah. And then yeah, the 6-0 guys are like, they're not that bad, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I I saw another one today. And, you know, you got you to gotta laugh at Facebook these days because Facebook has a group for frigging everything. Yeah, but they deleted my funny group. Which one's that? Uh. Well, it's it's gone. The the no fly zone. Oh, okay. That was your you made that? No, I was I wasn't one of the original people. Oh, okay. No, it uh, it was a mutual group with um, we'll just call it bad twisted humor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they actually deleted our group under the excuse of promoting terrorist activities. <laughs> good job, good job, good job. Did you get a ban for that? Yeah, several. I uh... I got a ban. So they deleted the page in 2019. I got a ban, um, it was early on last year, it was like a two-week ban, if I'm not mistaken, or seven days, from a post I made in 2017 on a page that was deleted in 2019. All right, well, okay, (laughs) side note here, side note, side note. Maybe you'll cheer us with me to this, maybe you'll say screw you. Okay. Did you read, Facebook is currently being sued by John Stossel. The fact checker thing? Yes. I read it about 30 seconds before we started this. Yeah. Just he, a brief little clip. Basically, on it. he's Facebook admitted in court yeah. that they are opinion checkers, yep. not fact checkers. Yep. And so he's saying that is def- defamation of his reporting mm-hmm. because he was reporting on facts and that Facebook's opinion was different of it. God, I hope he wins. Cheers! I hope he wins. Cheers! I'm so sick of those fact check things. Oh, I... yeah. Because I've posted things before that I 100% personally know are true. Oh yeah. And it's like our fact check says this might be. Blo-. And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. You know, there so... are reasons I've stopped interacting with Facebook. Yeah. If I, I really, I'll be perfectly honest. You know, a lot of stuff people share. Or stuff I see. If I see something that's funny, I'll like it. Yeah. I, I'm in it for the entertainment. I don't care about news. I don't care about a lot of personal stuff anymore. 
because everything is so convoluted. I don't care. All right. Well, if uh, it's did, a funny, cute you, video about a cat or a dog, yeah, I'm going to like and share. Did you watch Zuckerberg's <laughs> fantastic 47 minute video of the android God, that has no. replaced Zuckerberg? <clears throat> no. <laughs> talking about the metaverse. No, I've, I've heard something about meta in relation to Facebook, though. Have you seen Ready Player One? Nope. Great movie. I believe it. It's, it's on my watch list. Okay. Again, I'm, I'm, for somebody as involved in electronic and social entertainment as I am, I'm really disconnected. It's kind, okay. of, kind of a problem. <laughs> so Zuckerberg has launched the metaverse. Okay. And Facebook is now meta. Gotcha. And yeah, he says within a few years, all work, play, Everything you ever need, shopping, everything is going to be in the metaverse. Okay. Everything. He's basically launching the Matrix or the Oasis if you read Ready Player One or you watched the movie mm -hmm. letter, Ready Player One. He's basically saying everything is going to be AI, virtual reality, everything everything you do. You're, you're going to go to school there. You're going to buy your groceries there. You're going to... Everything. Great. Everything you need to do is going to be in the metaverse. I want to be the plumber on the other end of the line when he calls up and says, hey, my toilet's not working in my mansion, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> fix it in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so disconnected from reality now mm -hmm. where he doesn't, he doesn't realize that people still need to fix cars. Oh, yeah. Fix buildings. Yep. Do build, plumbing, build, electrical, build, build buildings, all that. Exactly. Yeah. So, back, I mean, I know we went on a tangent here, but back to what we we're talking about. Like, so, working with your hands and doing all these different things, automatic versus manual, all the other crap, back to Facebook. I'm on Facebook today, and there's, I'm on a Facebook page. Called G56s only or mm -hmm. G56 only. It's literally a Facebook page for trucks and vehicles that have been swapped with G56. Right? No, no, Sorry. you dick. <laughs> G56 six speed manual. I'm on it because I've been waiting, 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 waiting for somebody to sell a bell housing for mine so I don't mm. have to TIG weld mine up. Probably gonna happen anyways. But bring it over with a six pack. We'll do yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Here's the deal though. On this page, on G56 only, this guy posts up this whole thing about how he's like, I know this is the G56 page, but I've got an NV5600. I broke the input shaft, and there's not a shop around me that'll touch it. Does anybody have a suggestion for a shop that'll work on it? My simple comment, simple comment was many shops will not touch the NV5600 because of parts obsolescence and fairly poor design, which both are true. The NV5600 has the external overdrive like an NV4500. It's a great small gas engine trans, 
Problem is, the MV5600 can't be adapted to pretty much anything but a Cummins. Yeah. The MV4500 has the the detachable bell housing. You can adapt it to all sorts of stuff. MV5600 has a very shallow bell housing. Nobody's really made any aftermarket stuff for it. Not even Chad at Quick Draw. So, the MV5600 is kind of this bastard child of a transmission. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of trans shops don't even touch it, as this guy found out. So I, so I, really, so I, I, so I say that. I can pause this if we want to. No, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> so we just had a black cat walk in the studio. The door is closed, I think. So the black cat, once as again. As we don't see the cat walk in again, they're she proving has it's once a glitch again the walked, She has once again walked through the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. This is the one that does this. You've seen her do this. Oh, yeah. She oh, walks yeah. through walls. I showed you how they got in here the one time. Uh, no, it's so weird. I know their secret. So, <laughs> anyways. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned this. And all I says, I says, you might be better selling off your G-Fit or your 5600 as a core, which you can get a lot of money for them still. Yeah. And spending the money on G56. Now, mind you, this is on a page dedicated to G56s. Yeah. And a bunch of people lambasted me. They're like, no, the 5600 is a great trans and blah, blah, blah. And the G56s will blow up. And I'm like, why are you even on this page? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> stupid. Wow. I've had the same thing with the AX15. Yeah. How many people with the Jeep AX15 confuse them for the ASIN? Yeah. All the time. Oh, Jeep 5-speed sucks. No, the a- the Azen sucks. The yeah. Puker stuck. Or not, you know, the Puker. The AX5. Yeah, the AX5. Pu- or Peugeot BA10. BA10, yeah. Crap. Crap. Garbage. Transmission. It's not an AX15. No. The AX15 is good. Yes. Toyota good. French bad. <laughs> but I like their big hits. Huh? Yeah. I like their big hits. French can make food, not <laughs> transmissions. <laughs> Japanese can make transmissions, <laughs> not a burger, okay, or not a souffle. You know, people are good at what they're good at. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> so, yeah, what is she doing? I don't know. I can't see her. The, the cat's rolling. rolling around or doing something on the ground. She's I can't see her. She's rolling around here. like a weirdo. But anyways, the cat, they are. Yeah. So. So that's what I'm saying. Like the opinionated, and then I mean, you mentioned the Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, this and that. Domestic versus imports, domestic all the way. And, and I get that to a certain extent, but as you and I have talked about, and as you've learned on the fa- on the on the podcast oh, over yeah. the years, there's there's nobody that makes a hundred percent domestic vehicle anymore. No, doesn't exist. There's not even anybody that makes a hundred percent import vehicle anymore. They nope. all trade with each other. Yep, and. You know, and they've all made great things, and they've all made terrible things. Yep. Maybe with the exception of the French. I don't think I've ever made anything good, but... Baguettes. <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got good food. They got some phenomenal desserts. I can't, I can't think of a single vehicle they've ever made that's decent. I don't know. I mean, if you're going back to, like, the Delahays of the 30s, maybe. I mean, no, that is... Beautiful cars. I don't know if they were mechanically any good, though. That, that sounds like some kind of exotic breakfast. Delanese? Delahaye. Delahaye? I think those are French. Gorgeous. Oh, I don't know. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Um, but, uh, you know, the opinionation on things, I guess where I'm going with this is 
sometimes it does more harm than good. And I was oh, thinking yeah. about this today as I was, I, you know, I was, I was listening to the old episode 77 with Bernie. I was listening to some other stuff a while ago. You know, I was driving home and I was thinking about it and I go, when I first started wheeling back in the days, like the internet trail rider and all that, a lot of those clubs were like Jeep, 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 Jeep. And, you know, as long as it said Jeep on the grill, mm-hmm. they were fine with it. But it didn't matter if you had Ford axles under it, a Chevy engine under the hood, and you had a yeah. Chevy transmission, it was still a Jeep. Mm-hmm. It's like, but no, you know, like, <laughs> I, and, you know, then they'd have events, you know, Jeep only, Jeep Jamboree, Jeep whatever. And you could show up with a Jeep that had not a single Jeep part in the driveline, but it was still okay. Yeah. So I think that when you become so divisive on a certain thing and you become so opinionated on a certain thing and you start to believe that you're right and everything else is bad, it can it can hurt your relationship in the automotive slash four by four world. And I think that it can also put you into a pocket. Now, if you only want to be a quote unquote Harley guy and you want to be in the hell's angels or you want to be in a biker club that only allows Harleys fine. But if you want to be a guy that wants to cross country across the United States on a bike and you want to go up into the hills and you want to go everywhere else, you might want a cross sport bike. You might want something like a Triumph or a Honda or whatever. Yeah. Because so there's a point where you have to kind of swallow that that pride of that that individual. I mean, just like you, you and I, we love our manuals. Mm-hmm. And as much fun as it might be to do a manual only event, we'd probably never do it. If we were going to do a wheel and off-road event, we'd mm-hmm. welcome everyone. Oh, for sure. You'd say... Absolutely. You know, you want to bring your automatic? Fine. We don't care. Yeah. It comes down to the whole, to each their own yeah. know, preference on that. That's what I'm saying. You, you know, know it's I'm, inclusive. I'm very pro this way, pro that way, but I'm accepting of everything. I don't I don't really care. I mean, if you do automatic, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there are there are some people... And, you know, it, it hurts me to hear people say this. I don't know how to drive a stick. Learn. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I understand the availability of that anymore is getting further and far between. And unfortunately, it's getting harder, yes. in our lifetime, I, I don't want to say I feel because I know it's going to happen. We will see the day where you can no longer order anything with a manual transmission. Probably. I will cry. <laughs> we'll break I'm down hoping it's a long, long time. Yeah. But, or maybe we'll get lucky and everything will revert back. I, I doubt know, it. I mean, you know, everybody's so technological even big rigs, anymore. Even big rigs are going automatic. So yeah. I, yeah, I got to agree with you. I think twenty years will be dead. Oh yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, but I mean, think about now. How many of our population today knows how to drive a Model T? Oh, very, very few. I mean, that's it's a manual. But it's completely different than a modern manual. Yeah. I couldn't even fathom a guess. I mean, I know a guy could call le- teach me. The but... left pedal, I believe, is the gear shift, sec- first and second gear. 
-hmm. Or maybe the left pedal's brake. Middle pedal is first, second gear. The far right pedal, I believe, is... It's not throttle. It's... Uh, man, I don't even remember now. I honestly have no idea. Throttle's on the steering wheel. Huh? Yeah, they had a little lever. That was common back Obviously, in the Obviously, I've never known anything about how to drive these yeah. things. But, yeah. I mean, I could see it, I guess you say it that way, I could see them being adapted from like a tractor like that. It basically is. They yeah. drive very similar to a tractor. And I could see it. I've never driven a Model T. I've ridden in one. I've mm -hmm. driven Model A's, but Model A's have a traditional clutch and brake. Yeah. Them. Um, I, don't think, I don't even know if I remember how to drive Grandpa's old farm tractor. Yeah. It was like a Ford 8N or 9N. I think I, if I sat down, I could probably remember it. I'd probably stall it a couple times. But yeah. I'd, I'd probably eventually remember. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, I just keep thinking about it and I go, sometimes people they get so opinionated like they go i'm a jeep guy or i'm a land cruiser guy or i'm an auto guy or i'm a manual guy mm -hmm. or i'm a diesel guy or i'm a gas guy based on that statement alone there was a time i identified as a jeep guy only yeah and knowing you know since doing this podcast what i've learned and been exposed to about other things realizing how much i've limited myself in that respect and even saying i'm a jeep guy off the bat you know, one of the first upgrades I made to Project XJ back when I knew nothing was a 4 to 8, 8 rear end. True, yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess I could credit, again, a lot of the credit still goes to you. I know you don't want to hear it, but it does. You know, the credit in particular of the 8, 8 goes specifically to you on that one. Well, I mean, fair and enough. I, I get that. It was an easy swap and blah, blah. Well, and all you opened my eyes to that, and it was one of those... You know, a starter thought. It's like, yeah. wow, this is a Ford part, but everything about this is better than anything I could put in just about this Jeep. True, yeah. You know, at least for the budget and availability and the ease of swap at the time, there's not any better option. No, it's a great swap yeah. for an XJ or TJ platform. And that was I mean, one of those, I'll give you that all day long. Yeah, and that was yeah. one of those I never would have thought. Yeah. You know, I didn't know any better at the time, and now, you know, saying this the way we are now, looking back at that, it's like, that was kind of my first step towards that and understanding and realizing there are other manufacturers that have good stuff that is to be respected for what it is. You know, we've talked about like the Toyota axles, stupid strong for what they are. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that's still probably not something I would swap into something, but that's other reasons. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, but you... it, it deserves respect nonetheless. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about that in the podcast in the past. Yeah. Toyota can build a hell of a transmission. Oh, they yeah. can build a hell of an axle. They can't build an engine that gets <laughs> gas mileage <laughs> worth a... I mean, they're durable, Yeah. but try to get uh, in a Toyota SUV, try to get more than 15 miles a gallon. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah. you know, yeah, swap it out for a diesel or a Chevy engine or whatever, but yeah. um, they're, they're all that way. And I got thinking about my early days. I got thinking about when I was wheeling, like when I first started wheeling S tens and I remember a couple of runs I went on where I was running a 93 Jimmy three inch body lift. Oh, but that's what I was running at you the time. You didn't know any better. I know I didn't. We forgive you. Keith. Yeah. Everybody who's listening to this episode, say For this with me one time. We forgive yeah. you key. 
brand really new, hope at least one person actually brand did that. new Goodyear 33 MTRs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was running that on it. I had open front, open rear. Didn't even have the G80 rear in it because the GM stock rear end. Uh, crank torsion bars. So I barely rubbed in the front, but 33s. Maybe a little cutting on the fenders. And I was going on some runs in the UP with our old buddy Bernie, uh, Lucas, a few other people. Um, and there was some trails. I'm not saying all. There was some trails where I was out wheeling these, these cheap guys I was running with. But back then... A lot of these guys I was running with were on 31s, 33s, same size tires. My driving style was full throttle. Theirs was maybe a little more conservative. <laughs> and I remember some times where I was just like, oh, IFS is awesome because I got the ground clearance and blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was so opinionated. I was like, you know, you guys are all like solid axle, solid axle, solid axle. And so you got this axle hanging down on the front that's hitting everything. And my IFS, I'm just skimming across the top. And granted, a couple of snow runs I did, I was breaking trail because I didn't have anything hanging down on the front. Yeah. I had a skid plate. They'd go to go do with their solid axle and they were pushing snow. Yeah. But there's never a, I mean, we know now. That a solid axle 99 times out of 100 is better. But we know that there's something, even the weak boy of the of the group, there's always a time where that particular design is going to shine. Oh, yeah. So, when, you know, in all fairness to that, engineers go through so much time, money, and prototyping to do it. There's a purpose. There is. I mean, it, it has its place, you know, just for, for our purposes, our applications of this, and then, you know, non-DOT approved usage, it's well, not going to shine. And with that being said, there are times when the engineers think and times where they don't. And Chris I... Chris receiving battery. Chris <coughs> receiving what? Battery. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Dodge Stratus battery. Yeah. Same, all the Chrysler. <laughs> Under the bumper. Oh, inner fender. Yeah, stupid. But, uh, um, you know, the thing that you got to look at about that, sure, they're building something to be mass produced. They're building something to be, you know, run down the road, build a million units, build a half a million units, whatever. But you still got to give respect when engineers think about something. And a good example of that is, like you said, the Sebring battery, stupid. Mm-hmm. My mom had one, stupid. The Stratus Derby car we just did. I had to take the whole damn front bumper off to get the battery out. Stupid. All right. We ended up putting it in the middle of the car. But... It's a battery relocation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Battery lo- relocation. Yep. Uh Back in episode 77, we talked to your old buddy, Bernie. Rest his soul. Cheers, man. You know, still miss you, Bernie. Um, when uh, we were talking about my S10 the, in the front yard of his house where I had the sprinkler going on underneath to get the mud out. I didn't know if I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, it was on the episode. Oh, okay. I had packed the underside oh, of my yeah, 84 yeah. S10 with mud and... 
I blew the clutch, and he said, I got a way of getting this out. And he put an old back-and-forth back sprinkler underneath it and got the mud out. That's awesome. But the old 2.8 S10s, because they had the citation engine in them, the 2.8, the top two bell housing bolts sat against the firewall. The only way you could get those bell housing bolts out was to lift the cab. And, you know, the thing was, that was a terrible design Yeah. to be able to do that. Oh, to say the least. But now, the other day, I'm talking to a guy who is 12-valve swapping a 1500 Dodge Ram two-wheel drive. He's building kind of a quasi-drag truck. I sold him some parts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I don't know how I'm going to be able to put the cylinder head in there because it goes up under the dash. And I go, if you take off that plastic panel under the windshield wipers, they have the holes in the firewall so you can put a wrench down and put your torque wrench through. Huh. Dodge was thinking on that one. Yeah. So that's an engineer somewhere that... The engineering gods, the karma. <laughs> yeah. Somebody blessed us with that, man. I tell you what. Or woman or whatever. <laughs> I, I've been reading a whole book series right now that has a lot to do with karma, and I tell you what, I believe in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. I, I saw my name is Zero. Do good things, good things happen. Absolutely. I'm, I'm born, and, born and raised to believe that with a lot of things, and generally, for the most part, it you know, it pays off. So I won't knock it. It really does. Yep. You know, so like religion, like politics, like sexual orientation, like whatever you want to name, you might not agree with the way that other people live their lives. You might not agree with that guy that's really into automatics, or you might not really agree that that guy down the road that thinks that, you know, he's going to wheel that XJ with that puker transmission for the rest of his life. But sometimes if you get so, like, opinionated towards that person, you start to alienate that person and you start to, like, push them out of the hobby. And that's not our goal. Hmm. We want to bring people into the 4x4 hobby, bring yeah. people into the off-road lifestyle. So. That guy out there, that's something else. I'm on a couple of Toyota pages. And right now, and I don't even know what, why. I have no idea why. In the last couple of months, there has been this huge, huge divide between the Hilux, quote-unquote, uh, solid axle truck guys and the Tacoma guys. And a bunch of them are like, the last real Toyota rolled off the line in 85 because solid axle, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then they're like, when the Tacoma came out and whatever year, 90, whatever, they're like, those aren't even real trucks because the power steering sucks and this and that. And I'm like, you know how many awesome Tacomas I've seen on the trail? Oh, yeah. You know how many awesome Hiluxes I've seen on the trail? And the thing is, it's stupid because, yeah, they both have their pros and cons. You know, the Hiluxes, they don't have any power. The Tacoma's got a lot of power, but they got IFS. You know, I mean, they all have pros and cons. Yeah. But the thing is, here, here's these Toyota pages, which were specifically like, I'm going to name them. One of them is Toyota Outlaws. That's the one that's had the most drama recently, Toyota Outlaws on Facebook. 
And they never had that kind of drama, but lately it's been back and forth between the Hilux guys and the Tacoma guys. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, the idea is to get out on the trail and have some fun. Yeah. To enjoy the outdoors, to to be out there and to, and it pisses me off. It's sad to see that point that's been lost. You know, that, that exact thing you said there, the point isn't build this and this and this. The point is get out there and be out there. Yeah. However you do that is up to you. We've talked about this on the show before mm. where the guys you know, the car guys, especially prior to the 4x4 world really existing, the car guys started to shame out certain younger generations because they didn't chrome something the right way or they didn't yeah. build something to the club specs or whatever. And that does you no favor because in the end, when the government comes in and says, <laughs> we want to outlaw hot rods or modifications or lifted trucks or we want to outlaw internal combustion or anything you want to name, the more that we stand together yeah. as automotive hobbyists and we say, okay, that guy over there, I might not agree with the way he builds his, his rig. Like, I, I think his rig is stupid, the way he built it. But if I still say, you know what, hey, man, you're still, mm-hmm. you know, and I bring him in. Now, we've talked about before on the show where if they've got something that's literally unsafe, like a squatted truck that's got 8-inch lift blocks in the front. That's and you, different. That's, that's different. a whole different thing. Yeah. We're not and talking you, safety here. Yeah. And you Take go, that out the equation. Exactly. Yeah. And you go, you go, hey, man, but those are the people you educate. Yeah. But... You know, when okay. you alienate the younger generation yep. for difference of opinion, you effectively kill the sport. It'd be no different than like at Wheels in the Woods this last uh, fall. Mm-hmm. If you and I or anyone else would have laughed out the guy with the, the Comanche, mm-hmm. you know, or the guy with the Escape and said, you don't belong here, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and no, I, I know I'm uh, focusing on them. But they had unconventional vehicles mm-hmm. to be at a car show. I went to a really high-end car show with the Wrangler. And I'm seeing some of these things. I mean, most of the stuff there was trailer queens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had no hope of actually winning anything. I just wanted to go for the hell of it, have a good time. So I didn't wash it. I went there with a dirty Jeep intentionally. Yeah. I used this. And that... Of everybody that walked by, and I know at least one or two of the people that walked by mine did win awards. I mean, this is a big car show. Yeah. Every single person that walked by is like, I love it. You use it. You built it to use it. Sure. It's dirty. You use this on a daily basis. Like, yeah. So what I drive to work, I'm going to drive this to work tomorrow just like this. I'll put yep. the top back up, but I'm going to drive to work like this. I love it. What show was that? Um... <clears throat> It was a, a show through Chrysler a few oh, okay. years ago. Yeah, my uh, my dad's work had this big car show. I mean, it was a big event. <laughs> and I entered, I think, two or three categories. And like I said, I didn't win anything. I got a nice little like plaque thing that I could stick on it or sticker. Sure, sure. I got to find that. <laughs> you know, the, you look there. I was the only one that drove in with a dirty, beat-to-hell daily driving Jeep. I mean, everybody else was all polished and shiny. and It's a way to do it, man. It's yeah, a way to do it. and that's, they use it. It's practical. I mean, I'm not knocking the people that build show cars like that by any means, but, 
you know, I went to this. This is what I do. You know, and that's that's the thing. You know, yeah. it's not my crowd. Uh, the wine drinking, Concourse de elegance. We're gonna walk around and have a Catalina wine mixer or whatever. You it's know. the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Exactly. Uh I hope more than myself laughed at that when they hear it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, the, you know, we are part of a community of four by four and truck people that enjoy modifying and building and using what we have. And I think it's really important for us. And that's why I like, I'm in the Facebook groups, Wasteland, all the cars, Safari, all the cars, and things like that. I've seen because, a couple of those, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, even if they're not four-wheel drive, they're building stuff that you can run down a trail or have some fun with. and They're building to get out there. And have fun. Exactly. That's and all I'm, about it. I'm almost out, but I will cheers to that. I'm get out there I'm and have fun. I'm completely out, so I'm going to cheers with an empty glass. And that's all that matters. Get out there, have fun. doesn't exactly. matter what you drive, where you get it, how how you get it. could be legal or not. <laughs> you know, you build it for a purpose. You get out there, have fun. You break it. You build it better for next time. You get out there. You keep having fun, and you keep going. Yeah, absolutely. That's you all know, that matters. That's, that's yeah. all that matters, man. That's and share it. You know, share it to other people. Bring people into this. You got me into this. Yep. Yo, and it's been a downhill run ever since for me. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not... But what I've learned... I mean, you're into the Jeeps, but I'm not like an inveterate Jeep guy. I yeah. like Jeeps. I've owned Jeeps. I've owned probably more Jeeps than you, but well, I, I, yeah. I... You know, I'm just a car guy. You know, I, I just got I a motor... A I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a motorhead. If it's Even as a motorcycle. Yeah. If it, I mean, if, if it starting burns, from if, where, you know, where I went into this entire thing back in 2009, what I knew then... To what I know now, the people I've been able to help with stuff, you know, friends and family, different vehicles that I've worked on. Yeah, my predominant knowledge is Jeeps. Yeah. But a brake line's a brake line. True. Tire's a tire. Yep. You know, wheel's a wheel. Wiper. All right, well, there's different wipers, but <laughs> there's the two-wheel drive wipers and the four-wheel drive wipers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything but has its minor. Everything can be applied to yes. in a different way. You know, I learned how to weld through all of this. Yes. The amount of tractors I fixed with this. Correct. You know, stuff like that. You know, everything has a cross application. It does. It does. And it translates to so many other things in life that it's just, it, it's crazy. You know, you, you change your outlook on things. You no longer, I mean, I was talking to my dad about this today. Everything anymore is a throwaway society. But when you look at it, you know, and I've I've come to really not appreciate that about the way things are going technologically and mechanically. That's what it is. You know, when you look at it as, oh, I can fix that. You know, or you, you think, you know, if this breaks, what could I do to get by? What could I do to fix it? It changes how you think and how you do things. And if more people were that way and could think for themselves, we'd be a lot better off. You're you're 100 right, and sometimes it's not about having the latest and greatest. It's about mm -hmm. taking and working with what you can get or what yeah you should reasonably afford. I yeah. I read an article, um I want to say it was in Business Week or something online a couple weeks ago, and they were saying that 
because iPhones are so super super popular. And I love that a lot of our listeners listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I hate the iPhone personally. Well, but I appreciate but that's you thing. listening to us. The average American yeah. right now that feels that they need the newest iPhone every time they come out, mm. they say what they're spending on having the newest iPhone... Through and just through, because people are always like, "Oh well, it's part of my contract, and I just pay." Blah blah blah. blah. You're still paying for it. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Okay. What you pay to have a, the newest, latest, greatest iPhone, you're losing approximately seventeen thousand dollars of money that would otherwise be in your retirement when you when you retire. Hmm. Time value of money. Yeah. The dollars you're spending every year, you know, instead of like me, who I've got this $25 burner Cricket Mobile phone, Mm. and I know this is an opinion, but when you come down to it and you say... It does what you need it to do. does what I need to do. So, you know, I that's my opinion is the iPhones are stupid, Mm. but you know what? iPhones... I won't say they pay our bills right now, but we have probably more listeners on iPhones than anywhere. But oh yeah, that, I don't think I saw that page up here. Do I want to extend? No, already oh, closed okay. it. But yeah, I mean the majority of our listeners. And again, thank you all, and thank you to Apple Corporation for making such a fine, phenomenal exactly. product and service. Well, Most of them do come through Apple Podcasts. That that's kind of my point. Is no matter how much I try to change someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's still going to be their opinion, and yeah. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to do me. I'm going to be like, I, I I'm going to go question. around with my burner phone. I'm going to drive around my used, beat-up Ford Excursion, and yeah. I, I'm not going to care at all. You know, and that that so you're talking an example in the automotive world. So I, I work in the firearms industry. This is my, you know, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Different hours, but same point. You know, the so most of you guys will get this. I think you'll get this, Keith. We won't elaborate on the whole thing, but you you get the nine millimeter versus forty five guys. Oh yes, Colt built the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. Well, the difference in caliber, knockdown yeah. power versus capacity. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And you know when when it all boils down to, in the beginning, yeah, there were significant enough differences to make the argument. Sure. If you look at the advancement of technology since then. You're just throwing lead. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, everything's on par enough. I mean, are there mathematical differences? Absolutely, there always will be. It's called physics. Yeah. But what it boils down to, you know, it's all the same. Your cat is declawing itself on the carpet. Sandwich. Cat is declawing. That is the awesome. Cat is just weird. <laughs> totally changing subject. Yes. Oh no no no! On point. You know, cats versus dogs. Dogs are better. But cats are entertaining. Personally, <laughs> cats are better. Whatever. <laughs> They're less noisy, and I'm very sound sensitive. Cats are not less noisy, my friend. Oh, my God. Yeah, she does cry outside my bedroom Uh door if I let her in. Yeah, she's... I try to sleep at night. If I close the door on the cat, he will sit there and... (laughs) 10, 15 minutes, that damn little guy will claw at my door and just meow. Meow. Until I let him in. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, speaking <laughs> of opinions here, I would like to mention one more opinion. 
If you are, we're probably past the holidays at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. But if you're shopping for anything on Amazon.com, uh, as we do year round, we some people buy toilet paper, some people buy every doorknob and every little doodad they need for their house from Amazon.com. I buy only the finest of quality if, cooking. If you are Amazon. not aware of it, smile.amazon.com is the same thing as Amazon. It is through Amazon. Your Prime and everything works. Same login. Same login. Yep. But you are donating 0.5% of all of your purchase to a nonprofit of your choice. It costs you nothing. Amazon just go ahead and does it. So you buy a $100 item, 50 cents goes to the charity of your choice. Now, they do have to register with Amazon. Now, there's a lot of great ones. The ASPCA, the... uh, um, Kids for Cancer one. Kids for Cancer, (laughs) the Unwed... Unwed teenage mothers with double D's. Uh, all these other things that you can. This is the regular show, not the after show. All please. these things you can do. <laughs> we would definitely recommend because I'm so opinionated that you choose the Museum of Off Road Adventure. We are registered with the uh, Amazon Prime. I'm sorry, Amazon Smile. And so if you go to smile to amazon.com through either your mobile or your laptop or your desktop computer, or if you've got one of those old weird real to real ones like NASA had in the sixties, whatever the case is, whatever kind of computer you have, you need to uh, go to smile to amazon.com and you need to pick museum of off-road adventure as your charity of choice. And we will get um, basically a 200th of all of your purchases <laughs> And it does add up. We've had several hundred dollars that Amazon has sent to the museum. So if you're interested in hearing more about the museum, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are most active on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, there is a Facebook group for the museum you can join called 4x4 Museum. Um, You know, just go ahead and click on that. We'll allow you in. Uh, and follow us on all those social medias. You can also go We'll to, allow you in, but only if you answer these questions. Yeah, and you can go to <laughs> themora.org as well. And, uh, John, what do you got? So if you want more information on uh, the podcast here or you want to interact with some of our listeners or Keith and myself, more so Keith, let's be realistic here, I'm hardly ever on there, uh, go on Facebook, search 4x4talk, 4x4talk. A couple quick questions to get you on that page as well. You can post pictures, you can ask questions, you can comment on other people's builds. You know, if someone's looking for information, you can pass along your fine quality of knowledge. Or if you have a question, you want to know the bolt pattern on a, you know, 2001 Jeep Wrangler, post a question up. There's no shaming, there's no BS. Five on four and a half. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Everybody helping everybody out there. It's a phenomenal group. Uh, If you do want access to our after show, so we do the end of the trail show where the end of the trail is our title. It's the after show that we do after every recording session. So some extra stuff we don't get into some more personal stuff about what's going on in our personal side of our lives. Full topless on John. Maybe that may allegedly, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we do different beer and liquor reviews there, but patreon.com slash wheel and radio, or I'll have more information soon. Once I finalize everything with Podbean premium, 
so that'll get you access in a couple different ways. Patreon is also $2 a month. You can access everything that's there. As long as you stay current with it, anything in the future keeps adding to it. The Podbean is a one-time cost. Gets you access to everything in the past, current, and future. So check us out there. Those costs go to helping us keep everything operational up to date here. It helps some of our production costs and hosting services. And like I said, you get a lot of access to stuff we don't get into in the show sometimes as we just straight up forget. And again, you learn a little bit more about, you know, the people behind the mic, myself and Keith over there, which you may not want to know. So maybe don't. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's at use at your discretion. Sure. <laughs> so I think with that, Keith, we're going to roll it up with uh, roll it up, close it up. I don't know. We're going to finish with thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody. Bye.